0: Life, and welcome to a very special, very different edition of This Week in Marvel. This is episode 53. We are recording on Friday, November 2nd. You are probably noticing right away the sound quality is vastly different than from what you're used to. That is because we are still recovering here in New York and New Jersey from Hurricane Sandy. Blake is stranded in South Carolina. Ryan is coming back from Australia and I am actually in my car in New Jersey. I'm unable to get into the city right now, and I don't have power at my house. I'm calling from my cell phone in my car, which is why the quality is not great. But we have basically holding the entire site, office, and podcast together is our social media coordinator, Carrie Fiala, who is actually in the office. Hi, Carrie.
1: Hello. How are you?
0: I am sitting in my car recording a podcast for you. So. How can it be better? <laughs> I don't have heat and I don't have power, but but, got uh, but I got a conversation with you, so yes. going to get my afternoon. Yes. But in all sincerity, thank you very much to Carrie and everyone who's been able to make it in through this storm. And of course, you know, everyone who's without power or whose houses are damaged and all that stuff all throughout the Northeast. We are thinking of all you guys, hopefully we can bring a little joy into your life with this poorly constructed crappy sound quality podcast which we hope to have up early next week fingers crossed on that as i said blake is still in south carolina he was visiting home and the planes couldn't come back we do have one of our interns in so he's going to try to work on it but you guys I, will get this at some point
1: i know blake is still alive because he texted me a picture of a shirt that just said yolo
0: yep i got that too so blake is he's definitely alive, alive. <laughs> Bike is well. Everyone, everyone is everyone is confirmed okay. It didn't even really hit South Carolina that badly. I don't think it's more just he couldn't fly back into the Guardia because it was closed. But bike's fine. I mean, he's as fine as he's been. he
1: so ever be. And then, yeah. And then Ryan,
0: I think, is actually back in New York. He just was in England and then Australia for. About is he back two in weeks. New York? I thought he was
1: still in LA. I
0: think he got back to New York late yesterday. Oh I'm not sure, but he is basically recovering from. Two weeks worth of flying and jet lag, so we are. But he missed out on the superstorm,
1: so whatever.
0: He did, but he got delayed coming back, so whatever. I Ryan's got some going to have some cool stuff to talk about That's next true. week. But yeah, we are we are thinking of our uh, friends there, and, and Strongy's fine. He was in L.A. Nothing happened to him. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah,
0: he's com- completely fine.
1: Yeah,
0: but anyways. Enough about the storm. We are going to give a somewhat abbreviated version of the podcast this week. We're still going to run on all the books that came out this week on November 1st, or is it October 31st? Uh, yeah, It came Halloween. out on October 31st on Halloween, and then we are going to give an update on what's up on Digital Comics, and we're going to answer as many of your questions as we can. If you sent a question this week and it didn't get answered, we apologize. We're working at, you know, diminished capacity right now, but... We appreciate you guys saying, man. As always, if you want to send in questions, hopefully get them into next week when we're back up and running. Tweet us. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel. You can also tweet directly at me. I'm Ben J. Morse. Carrie is daily. Ryan is Agent M. Blake is Blake Garris. And Mark Strom is Stromy. So let's get right into the books that came out this week, starting with... A plus X number one, this is a big launch, part of Marvel now. We've been in it for a while. During Marvel now, we had A versus X, or AVX versus, which was edited by the ever-capable Nick Lowe. We had two stories every month from all-star creative teams pitting Avengers against X-Men. This is the companion, if you will, to that. Same editorial team, same idea, except now we're telling team-up stories from all across time with Avengers and X-Men. It's a very cool idea. Nick's really excited about it, and we have a really good double shot to kick things off, where it's, first of all, Dan Slott, who has only written Spider-Man for the past you know 30 years or whatever, actually writing different characters. He writes a Captain America cable team-up with Bucky thrown in, for good measure, set during World War II, drawn by Ron Garney. Very cool to see Dan Slott kind of stretching his muscles, writing different characters. He does a great Captain America, really captures that, especially at old school, World War II, inspiring the masses vibe and has a lot of fun with Bucky, has a lot of fun with a lot of the dynamics that have been set up with Captain Bucky, as shown by Ed Brubaker and other people in recent years. And then Cable's thrown into the mix, and they have a really fun team-up. On the flip side of the book, you have Jeff Loeb and classic Hulk artist Dale Keown trying to team up between Hulk and Wolverine. It has our Hulk and Wolverine from modern day, first of all, fighting over a piece of cake, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then they have to fight with Maestro and Days of Future Past Wolverine. So it's present-day versions of Hulk and Wolverine against future versions of Hulk and Wolverine. It's crazy big Jeff Loeb ideas, but really true for me is Dale Keown, who was a Hulk artist when I was a kid, and is one of the greatest Hulk artists. He just has this real sense of huge scale, draws everything really big and really powerful, draws an awesome fight, as you would expect. So two great issues to kick off. A plus X for two great stories in one issue, rather, as I scramble my way through this initial part. Then we had, I actually, Carrie tried to take this one from me, but I stole it back. Mm -hmm. Avenging Spider-Man, yeah, like you're just... (laughs) um, (laughs) Avenging Spider-Man, annual number one. I loved this issue. It was, with an annual, you never know what you're going to get. It's often an inventory story. You don't really know what's happening. But this story by Rob Williams with art by Brad Walker, two guys who I'm a huge fan of, very vastly underrated. Rob Williams, late of the Ghost Rider series and also Docin, which I loved, has a great sense of humor and just carries that through but also knows how to bring the action. And then Brad Walker, who worked on Guardians of the Galaxy in his previous incarnation, which is fantastic artist. This is a story with Spider-Man teaming up with Flash Fighting, the thing. And what happens is these two brothers... Would-be criminals? Not quite. They discover an alien device that alters people's emotions and makes everyone want to fight. And they, one of the brothers, kind of the screw-up of the duo, decides they can make money off this. It's a good thing. He's a lovable screw-up. It reminded me, Carrie, very much of the protagonist of Mice and Men, <laughs> as I was thinking. It's a very George and Lenny-esque situation.
1: I did not know uh, that when I was reading that.
0: No? No. Uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to, because you're on the podcast this week, I want to adapt the podcast more to your sensibility. I see. But no, it's one, they're two little brothers, but one's kind of a screw up, He's kind of a big dummy, but he just wants to make some money. The other brother's very tentative and a little more level headed. Anyways, the point is, they're trying to get this device across town so they can sense it, so they can sell it for cash, but along the way... They're making everyone they come across getting crazy fights with each other. Spider-Man just trying to go about his day, and he ends up on the trail of these guys. And then the Thing gets affected by the device. So Spider-Man and Thing get into a huge fight, and it's about the fact that Spider-Man owes Thing like $30 from a poker game. Mm. But because this device is screwing things up, Thing is like completely rage mad. Rob Williams writes some of the best Spider-Man dialogue. He just manslaughter ever decides to let amazing spider-man or superior spider-man put from his cold dead hands some decades from now rob williams knows where it's at he wrote hilarious spider-man very sardonic and great thing dialogue and just all the little in jokes as they're swinging through the city of just people getting to fight the most ridiculous thing it made me laugh on every page i really enjoyed it there's some heartwarming stuff in there there's a Stupid villain, who I love, that Rob, I'm pretty sure, created for this. And then Brad Walker's art is perfect. Again, a guy born to draw Spider-Man, does a great thing. Funny stuff with the Richards kids. I could go on and on, but I'm in danger of summarizing the entire issue. Exactly. This is one that I think is going to uh, slip under the radar a little bit. So if you've got a chance, please pick up Avenging Spider-Man Annual Number 1. It is what I would call a hidden gem.
1: (laughs) Well done. Well done. Thank you. Next up, we have AVX Consequences Number Four by Kieran Gillen and artwork by Mark Brooks. This comic had a ton of characters in it. Did you notice that there was a lot? Uh, yeah, there were
0: quite a few characters in it, well, Thank you. Uh, you're not you're not wrong. It's it's covering the fallout of Avengers X-Men I know, and it, it I know, I know, featured I know. an extraordinary amount of characters.
1: But I was just impressed by that—that that there were so many characters. Usually, what happens is sometimes when you have so many characters, it can get like muddled almost the storyline but this did not happen there's Tony Stark visiting Cyclops in prison I'm still not used to his prison gear are you
0: it's it's a little off-putting it's been nice that we had a weekly series to kind of acclimate us to it but Mm. yes you're right it's very different than how he normally appears but I I, I, he looks like what
1: a bug (laughs) he
0: does look like a bug (laughs) Um, It is is unsettling. It's
1: unsettling, but that's the point, and he is in prison, so he has to be punished. Then we have Hope, which I'm always happy to see. I like Hope. Visiting Namor under the ocean, and she is looking for items basically from Cable. Cable's old recordings, his old records, just... Oh, and apparently a jetpack that she really wants back. So her interaction with Namor was actually really tense. I was really surprised by that. Namor is... You forget kind of how powerful Namor is because you think of him as just being under the water doing his thing, but actually, he is very much in control of a lot and very powerful. And so, their little standoff between, you know, a teenage girl and Namor was kind of tense, I found, but great. I liked it. Then you have Storm visiting Colossus, and he's sculpting, doing his thing in Siberia, and he's kind of. Lost, doesn't know what to do with himself, and, you know, it's just really intense and heavy. Magneto appears, which I was, again, not expecting. And he appears in this big flash of light, like, you know, because he's Magneto. And his interaction with Storm, I don't know, what did you feel about it?
0: You know what, you're coming up perfectly, Carrie. This book is very much about, as is in the title, the consequences of what happened during Avengers vs. X-Men. And specifically, like you covered, it's dealing with all the X-Men who are on the Extinction team, all the ones yeah. who are in the Phoenix Five, kind of dealing with, all right, this is this is what happened. Like you said, Cyclops is complicated. Namor and Hope who had some great scenes during Karen Gillan's run on Uncanny X-Men. Tense was the perfect word for it. You know, they had a very playful relationship mm-hmm. during X-Men, and then this was just off, off, completely outstripped. Off and, yeah, Magneto is just this kind of... He wasn't part of the Phoenix Five but he was part of the extinction team. He's just kind of looming in the background.
1: Yeah. Um, and I and after
0: he shows up
1: I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no I was ahead. just interesting how Storm says, you know, blatantly, you're not a villain to Magneto. And right. you know, we're so socialized kind of we're so used to him being the villain, the bad guy, for you know, fifty years. Yeah. And to have Storm, one of the most beloved X Men characters probably, say that right. point blank was really it was really interesting, and it shows how complicated everything with AVX is. Because you would think that something like AVX would be very black and white. Avengers versus yeah. X-Men. When not at all. Obviously, you see, it's not like that at all. No. Yeah.
0: No, but yeah, this is, this is this is a great issue, and you summed it up perfectly.
1: Oh, stop flattering me. Okay. Okay. Uh, Done. (laughs) Great, thanks. All right, moving on. We have Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick and art by Emma Rios. First of all, I love the art. I know normally we talk about the story, but I just really, really enjoyed the artwork in this book. It's It's gorgeous. Emma Rios is fantastic. Yeah, it's very different from the typical comic book that you're going to pick up, and it's just... I don't know. I just enjoyed looking at the comic almost more. Like, obviously, I loved reading it, but just looking at the pages was just as much fun as going along with the storyline. This was, though, a very suspenseful storyline, and there's a lot about... There's time travel. There's, you know, kind of the question of our choices and how they affect us and whether or not... If we had the chance to change things, would we do that? What that would mean for the future, for ourselves? And, you know, it got very heavy and introspective and kind of existential, this comic.
0: Yeah, it, it took us back to, you know, Carol Danners and traveling through time mm-hmm. with her mentor for the past few issues, trying to figure some stuff out, and here she is presented with the point of her own origin, where she became Miss Marvel, later Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. and the original Captain Marvel puts in a guest appearance. You're right, she has a chance to change her life. Her mentor, Helen Cobb, intercedes a little bit, and we find out kind of what, these past six issues have been about. I really like this issue. Yeah, I like
1: uh, it a lot, too.
0: I've, I've loved this series, but this is probably my favorite issue of Captain Marvel to date. The art, like you said, was gorgeous, and it was really thought-provoking and a real interesting treatise by Kelly Sue DeConnick on why Captain Marvel is such a cool character. She's someone who is real. She has doubts, but she puts aside stuff at the end of the day to get bleak done Reminds I see a lot of you, Carrie.
1: Aww. I see, a lot,
0: I see a lot of you in Captain Marvel. That's
1: the nicest thing. That's the only nice thing you've ever said to me. I
0: just said something nice to you like 30 <laughs> seconds ago, and you told me to stop saying nice stuff to you. <laughs> it's
1: kidding. not the only nice thing i you,
0: but yeah, Captain Marvel is a great That's the
1: nicest. That's lovely. I also really like, I like Helen a lot. I love that yeah. character. And like I'd love to see now. more of her as, you know, an old woman kind of at the end of her life, and you see her, you know, as this young kind of spitfire when she, you know, years earlier. It's just, it's a lot yeah. of fun to read, and it's kind of,
0: yeah. Captain really Marvel, another great book you guys should be checking out. Letter stage is really cool, too. has a picture of our own Judy Stevens in her Captain Marvel Yeah, I book. saw
1: that. That got me very happy and excited.
0: Yeah. Like, so read the whole thing. Pick up Captain Marvel. Support good comics. Yes. We also had the end of the Mighty Thor this week as the Mighty Thor ongoing series by Matt Fraction comes to a close, setting up Thor God of Thunder coming in a few weeks from Jason Aaron and Asad Radeek. This final issue was illustrated by Barry Kitson and brought together pretty much all remaining strands of Thor lore that Matt has been setting up over the past couple years. It was an aftermath to Everything Burns and had Odin putting Thor on trial for basically endangering Asgardia, endangering Earth, and we have the Enchantress serving as the prosecution and one of the dwarf characters who Matt introduced serving as Thor's defense and really recaps a lot of the things Thor has been responsible for, not only over the course of this series, but over his whole history in Marvel and whether or not he brings more trouble... Or whether or not he helps to solve a lot of things, a lot of surprise witnesses, return of a fan favorite character, we get a lot of Odin's motives brought into question. But this really was—it was neat because it was Matt summing up his thoughts about Thor, about the character, about the concept, and you know, this angry, kind of plagued by his own demons character of Thor who Matt has written extensively going all the way back to his Ages of Thunder one-shots about the problems with Thor, his flaws, his problems with rage, how he sometimes would rather fight than solve things. And that all gets put on display here, and by the end of the issue, we have an answer of, why is Thor still a hero? Mm -hmm. Great art by Barry Kitson, and, you know, a really nice issue for all Thor fans. And if you like this series, definitely check this one out.
1: I like all just the history, because I'm just a big, like, Norse Smith fan. Like, nerd, yeah. I guess, would be the correct or correct term. So it was just fun that they managed to squeeze, like, this incredible, like, what's literally considered a thousand years' worth of history into this comic, and it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel like you no. were missing anything. It was just very much, yeah, like a kind of, not expose, but a new way to look into a character that you would think we'd know everything about because he's been around since forever, like, literally. <laughs> so I enjoyed Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That was awesome. Okay. Next is New Mutants by Dan Abbott and Andy Lanning. Art by Felix Ruiz. And this comic, it's, you know, number 50, the series finale. I say pick it up because basically it's a barbecue starring the New Mutants and the X-Men. And that's awesome. Just on its own, that's crazy. And I would love to go on a barbecue, the Mutants. Seeing all these characters, these over-the-top, you know kind of insane characters, all together, just hanging out, cooking hot dogs and drinking soda, is so much fun. Just to even just look at and see all these great panels of the party scenes, where there's so many things going on in the background, basically, because even though there's a main story up front, all these characters are very vibrant and alive, even in the background, so that I enjoyed greatly. What's fun, though, is that, you know, they're taking what should be a fun, you know, silly little finale, everyone's having a barbecue and celebrating, and then it gets dark very quickly. Not abruptly, but all of a sudden, things get very scary for Warlock.
0: Yeah, this goes back to plots going beyond the Newton series. actually back to stuff Dan Abnett and Mandy Lanning did back in the Nova series, where they brought Warlock back and introduced a new member of his race in Tyro. That's Basically, Tyro, who Warlock had helped get some of his problems under control, because his whole race is crazy and they go on killing sprees to try to kill their offspring or their fathers but tyro comes to earth because he's lost control and warlock and the new mutants have to fight tyro an out of control tyro and it's cypher who has been through the ringer this past year in new mutants yes. who has to take a lot of what he's learned and a lot of the things that he thought were his not so great qualities and figure out how to apply them to finding a solution and like carrie said you know, that battle's great. The questions are great. You can see all the mutants in action together, cannonball, karma, everybody. And beyond just the X-Men, there are Basically, anyone who showed up and didn't and Andy Lanning's run on New Mutants appears in this issue in some capacity. Yeah, that even if he has Gar- just
1: for a second, they just pop up yeah. and they're like, hey, we're here to party. We were on potato salad, and it's has, awesome. the Guardians are there from the
0: Exile crossover. Dr. Strange shows up. Uh, a great Mephisto moment.
1: Yeah, that part was um, ridiculous. I love that part.
0: You guys who have been listening to the podcast know that Ryan and myself in particular are really fond of this run of New Mutants, and we love the the Devil issue. So there's closure to all that with Magma and Mephisto. But this is very much in the vein of everything Dan and Andy have brought to New Mutants, which has been just one of the really outstanding series of the last couple of years, where there is this high adventure vibe. There is all this action going on. But underneath it, it's this group of friends. It's unique in that, you know, normally we read comics. We read about adults or teenagers. The mm. Mutants Occupy this kind of cool in the middle space where they're growing up. And this is another step in the maturation, and there's great callbacks to this entire run. And the issue stands alone very well, too. It's just a fun, great story. And Felix Rees' art insane famous for months, but is kind of a throwback to Bill who who is probably the definitive New Mutants artist. So that's very cool.
1: Yeah, but seriously, Tyra really creeped me out. I don't know what it is out of every comic I've ever read, but that battle was upsetting to me for mm-hmm. some reason. Sorry.
0: Sorry to hear that, but that means he's doing his job. You should not. You should read New Mutants' Classic where they fight Warlock's dad. No, Goose is even scarier. Ooh, all right. You should well. check that out. All right, moving into the Ultimate Comics universe for a second, we've got Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number sixteen point one, the first point one issue at the Ultimate Comics universe, and it's a very interesting twist. It has Betty Brant, the Ultimate version of Betty Brant, basically taking on the assignment to figure out what's up with the new Spider-Man. And she learns stuff about Miles Morales. She gets very, very close to potentially uncovering his secret. And in the process, we get to kind of, you know, if you haven't read this series to date, or if you want to recap, you get to, through a fresh set of eyes, see the events that have unfolded that have led to Miles Morales becoming Spider-Man and getting to the point where he's at, the stuff with his uncle, the stuff with... Stacy Spacey, Bart May, getting the web shooters, all the high points of Ultimate Comic Spider-Man so far kind of get recapped here very nicely and with a whole new perspective by Brian Michael Bendis. And the art by David Marquez is gorgeous. David Marquez is too beautiful for this world. And the ending is... Terrifying. It's terrifying, and it's going to lead into something ginormous for Ultimate Comic Spider-Man. So this is a can't-miss issue. This is an issue where you're going to get the whole series to date summed up. You get new details you haven't seen before. It's basically like when they released a director's cut of the first 16 issues of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. And then an ending you need to read. And also to get ready for the next super arc on Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. And again, great, great art.
1: It was. But seriously, that ending is scary. Like You turn the page and you're just like, oh my god. At least that's how I reacted. I don't know. Maybe that was just me coming up next, we have Ultimate Comics X-Men number 18 by Brian Wood with art by Carlo Barberi and Agustin Padilla. This was an awesome, awesome comic. It was actually the first one that I read for this last week, and Kitty Pride is amazing. I totally dug her. She is strong and, you know, full of rage, but rightful rage basically. She stands up for what she believes in, and needs the support of others but really depends on teamwork from the people who believe in her to help the mutant cause. It's amazing. I loved her. And her interactions with Nick Fury are great. They're so much fun. You see these two people who are kind of not on opposite sides. You know, he's not a mutant. She is. And he, the way he's willing to help her and support her in what is basically almost a form of like guerrilla warfare kind of, the way that they're you know, the fact that the mutants are now outlawed and she is basically a rebel in the United States is just so much fun and it's really tense and the battles are awesome and full of explosions, lots and lots of explosions in this comic. So if you like that you'll like you'll definitely dig this comic. And the interactions between the mutants and Captain America, who's now the president, were really complex. Basically, I finished this comic really thinking about Captain America a lot. And we tend to think of Cap as kind of in one of two ways, that he's very kind of straight and narrow, you know what I mean? Like, he's Cap, he's a Boy Scout, he does what's right for the little guy, but at the same time, he's there to, he's a soldier. He has to make sure that the team is operating correctly and that everything is okay for the greater good. And maybe the greater good doesn't include mutants. You know, he has to do what's right for the country. So his tension and his personal little story going on was really thought-provoking. And I kind of ended it not sure who's right anymore. Like, is it racist what they're doing against the mutants? Is it prejudice? Or is the country in the right to do this? I don't know. What were you thinking, Ben?
0: Yeah, this comic is a thinker, particularly yeah. towards the end. Captain America is not just the other element to it; and he's not just Captain America anymore. He's the president, exactly. so he
1: has everything. He's to do not, so.
0: yeah. yeah, he's not just even only a soldier looking out for his troops. He's got to look out for the whole country. There's no right answer. There's a lot of different perspectives. This is becoming a very it's still a fun comic. It's still an action-packed comic, like you said. Mm-hmm. Explosions, lots of explosions. But one of the
1: smarter comics out there right now yeah it's very political uh, without telling you which way is the right way it kind of shows the you know the politics that would exist if this you know that would exist between behind all the explosions and the warfare and all of this stuff you forget that at the end of the day these battles are fought by politicians so now in America uh, the ultimate soldier is a politician so what does that mean yeah it
0: presents all sides and definitely something about some good issue there Over in Winter Soldier, number 12, by Ed Brubaker and Butch Geist. As Ed is running down his tenure with this character, who he brought back to prominence, Bucky is in bad shape. Black Widow has been turned by his old nemesis, Leo, his old protege, actually, turned nemesis. She has been brainwashed, and the only way Leo is supposedly going to let her go is if Bucky allows himself to be put through the same brainwashing technique and sent on one mission against a target he cannot be told about. Hawkeye doesn't like this. Wolverine doesn't like it. Maria Hill doesn't like it. Bucky doesn't care. So Bucky just cares so much about Black Widow, just wants to get her back by any means necessary. All the people I just mentioned, he goes against them and does what he has to do and gets put on a mission that I don't want to reveal it here. I don't want to reveal his target, but it's a target that is going to surprise you, I think. Surprise me, but makes a lot of sense. And it's going to lead to a really, really great fight. And Butch Geist's art remains phenomenal on this. So really strong conclusion as we run up to the end of Ed Brubaker's run on Winter Soldier.
1: Next we have Wolverine and the X-Men, number 19 by Jason Aaron, art by Nick Bradshaw.
0: Gorgeous art by Nick Bradshaw.
1: This is a hilarious, awesome comic. I loved it. It takes place at the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning, and basically it follows, the you know, the overall plot is that Kitty Pride is trying to find a new teacher. So we have these amazing, amazing scenes and panels of Kitty Pride interviewing various characters from the Marvel Universe who are applying to teach. And as soon as Blade walks in to apply for a teaching job, I was like, I'm going to love this comic. It's amazing. It is hilarious, and if you just want to see these awesome characters, one of my favorite moments definitely was, uh, of course, Deadpool, who says that he should be hired because he once assassinated a Nobel Prize winner. So that's qualification. But my favorite part is when an actual teacher, who's not immune in any way, applies for the job and questions whether or not anyone here is qualified to teach children
0: yeah, that was great. <laughs> that was amazing.
1: Because I was thinking, like, every time I read, like, a comedy that takes place at, you know, Jean Grey School or Xavier School, I'm always, even Avengers Academy, I'm always like, do they have, are they accredited? Do they have the correct license? and, notif- and That's probably
0: the type of thing that you would think about. Today.
1: <laughs> I'm really concerned for the future of our youth and education. Yep. So I, I've always wanted to make know whether or not these people should be teaching kids. I mean, you know, Wolverine's really cool, so who wouldn't want him as a teacher, I guess, but still. It's kind of concerning. But anyway, along with that, we have the story of Husk who is actually leaving Ginger School and that's why they need to find a new teacher. Her relationship with Toad is really creepy and you're kind of you're aware that something is not right and you're still just not 100% what aware of what's going on between the two of them or what toad has up his sleeve you know it's just kind of implied that there's something not right going on with this relationship which is upsetting of course
0: i don't know it seems really sweet to me
1: <laughs> you're wrong completely wrong oh okay thank you you're welcome oh thank when you. we get Boy, the introduction of eyeboy a oh my god eyeboy's
0: is going to be a classic oh
1: my god as soon as i turn the page and saw eyeboy that there is a panel of eyeboys sticking out his tongue and he has an eyeball on his tongue
0: yeah, I this is a new like, mutant empowered oh. by the end of Avengers vs. X Men. Who his power is, he has eyes all over him.
1: Do they all see? Like, what if he needs glasses?
0: I don't know. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a problem. Do they all
1: have contact? Oh my god! I didn't even think about yeah. that. Or if he has allergies. To think about. And he has to Oof. put like Visine or just water eye drops in every single. Oh, or just he cries. That's true. Does he see tears, everything tears at tears once? Tears everywhere. I was I also know. upset by the eyeball in his hair, which means, like, he can never, cu- like, really comb his hair or wa- wash That's his hair.
0: True. Oh, man. Poor Eye Boy.
1: There's so many questions, and I'm, I'm so... I'm going
0: on for Eye Boy. I'm so upset Yeah, like now. you said, this is a really funny comic. It has some of those great, like, nine-panel pages where you just get a gag in every panel. Yeah. But maybe. there's some serious stuff going on, too. I don't want to spoil Yeah, the especially aftermath with the last- of the end the last yeah, page,
1: yeah, it's amazing. Right,
0: but I also don't want to say the last issue ended with something very tragic happening. I don't want to say mm-hmm. the fallout here, but there is fallout, and it's very interesting. It brings in some other characters around the Marvel Universe, so that's interesting stuff. But really, as we, we talked to uh, Jason and Nick and Editor Nick Lowe on a press call earlier this week, and they said this is kind of the issue that starts setting up, the next year's worth of big stories for Wolverine and the X Men, and it's an awesome series. Jason talked about how much he loves writing the series because it's a different kind of X Men series, and he's so grateful that the audience is there. And you know, they keep banging out issues like this.
1: Yeah, the awesome. They'll be there. Especially so she with the last page, you're aware that some things are going to get dark, and you know, things are going to get creepy. Yeah. Basically, Crazy. Which I'm excited. Off for. the wall. Very yeah, sure.
0: exciting. <laughs> All right, finally, finishing up, we had the final issue of this volume of X-Men Legacy, number 275, written by Christos Gage, part by David Baldeon. Brings to a close the story of Rogue and her maturation over the last few years. Also featured heavily as Minnick, a character who came to the Jean Grey School during Christos's run. So they're, they're both at a crossroads. After ADX, Rogue has ended her relationship with Magneto and kind of decided she's not going to be with anyone else right now. Sherry told Gambit, no, not, not right now. So she's going to work on once again rebuilding herself. We know that leads over into Uncanny Avengers. Mimic is at a point where he may be getting ready to leave the Jean Grey school. He and Rogue gone on an adventure where they're the only X-Men available to stop a prison riot, a prison breakout. You can see a lot of cool cameos by Marvel villains who Christos Gage being a huge nerd that he is brings out all these B-list and C list characters and gives them a chance to shine. But you got Rogue and Mimic who are very similar in personality just in the sense that not in personality but in their dilemma. They both absorb powers. They both absorb personalities. They both feel like their own personality gets suppressed. Rogue is trying to teach Mimic how to deal with it and in the process kind of evaluates where she's at herself. So I know a lot of people who have been following Rogue under Mike Carey and then under Christos Gage for the last several years. This is You know, a nice end cap to all the progress she's made and kind of shows how far she's come. David Baldeon does a great job. I love how he portrays powers and just exotic-looking characters, so he does a great job here, too. But a fitting end to X-Men Legacy, which will also restart very soon under Sax Furrier and Hang Eng Huat, starring Legion. So, that is that. So, all the issues out this week, Carrie. Now is the time we give our Twin of the Week picks.
1: What's on your mind? Oh, my goodness. I am going to go with, I think, Wolverine and the X Men, number 19. That's a my The fine movie. Choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Great comic. I like that comic a lot. I also have very positive things to say about Ultimate Comics Spider Man, about New Mutant, about Captain Marvel. Those are three excellent comics. It was, it was kind of a shortened week this week, but it was still a lot of good comics. But, like I said earlier, I got to stick my neck out for Energy Spider Man Annual number one. Loved that book. A lot of fun books out there We really know where you can go wrong this week So pick up a lot of stuff And now we've gotten through the print books on sale Carrie, why don't you run down for us What is available on the Marvel Comics app this
1: week Okay, so we have some new digital comics First up, we have Daredevil Numbers 116 to 119 And number 500 Herc, numbers 1 through 6 6 6.1 and 9 through 10 Hulk versus Hercules When Titans Collide, number 1 Irredeemable, Ant-Man, number seven through twelve, New Avengers, numbers fourteen through sixteen, Thor Annual, number seven, X Factor, number two hundred seven to two twelve, and X Men Legacy, number two fifty 250 to two fifty three. All the books that are out on print this week are now available on the app, and our digital collections that were released this week: Captain America, Two Americas, Incredible Hercules Against the World, Thor: The Eternal Saga, Volume One. Ultimate Fantastic Four, Volume 3, End Zone, Wolverine, Wolverine's Revenge, X-Men Legacy, Divided He Stands.
0: All right, now let's circle back and do the print collections on sale this week.
1: Okay, Journey into Mystery, New Mutants Crossover, Trade Paperback, New Mutants, Volume 6, Trade Paperback, Uncanny X-Force, Issues, Numbers 25 to 30, Hardcover, and X-Men The Hidden Years, Volume 2, Trade Paperback.
0: All right, so... We apologize if that might not be a totally accurate list, as we did not get a chance to consult with our friend Max Spectrum this week just because mm. of communication problems. But that is uh, at least a partial list of uh, collections on sale this week, so go check those out. And now, of course, in addition to the Marvel Comics app, we have Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, which you can find on Marvel.com. Carry what is freshly digitized this week?
1: Okay, so the new comics added to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited this week was Journey into Mystery, number 634, Captain America and Bucky, number 627, Generation Hope, number 17, Journey into Mystery, number 635, Captain America and Bucky, number 628, Mystic, number 4, Journey into Mystery, number 636, Captain America and Bucky, number 629, Incredible Hulk, number 7, Avengers Academy, number 10, Marvel Adventures Superheroes, number 19. Spider Island Heroes for Hire, number one. Anita Blake Circus of the Damned, The Scoundrel, number one. Uncanny X-Men, number one. And Fear Itself, The Fearless, number one.
0: Very cool. As far as news this week, we didn't upload much new news to the website. We will be back up and running double time next week. We've got a lot of cool Marvel Now stuff for you guys. A lot of stuff from the upcoming FF series. We have got stuff from Fantastic Four, from Deadpool, and a few more things. So look for big stuff this upcoming week. And also check out the archived uh, thing we were talking about where there was a Wolverine and the X-Men live blog on Monday. That should still be available. That should be front and center. That's still there. Still there. So with that, let's answer some questions. So, Carrie, why don't you read off the tweets we got this okay. week? And again, if you guys want to get in touch with us, hashtag This Week in Marvel and tweet us is on your mind.
1: Okay, so the first tweet we got is from Anthony Dalakian. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. I don't know. He says that his twins of the week are Avengers, Captain America, FF, Iron Man, AVX Consequences. Great week in releases. Thank you. We agree with that.
0: Absolutely. Great week all
1: around. Another tweet from Anthony A Babies versus X Babies is one of the best new releases this year. Hilarious. Keep up the great work, Marvel. I did like A Babies versus X Babies.
0: I it, was it was excellent. I was actually upset that I, I was upset for many reasons I couldn't be on the one year anniversary this week in Marvel because I was on vacation. But, so I wasn't that upset I was on vacation. But, you know, one of the reasons I was upset because I want to say how good that book was. So much fun.
1: It was, and the art was just so cute. It's lovely. I have, like, pictures of it saved.
0: Adorable.
1: Okay. All right. Our next tweet is from Cassius335, hashtag Avengers Alliance. One hour to go as I write, goodbye Spec Ops 3, twas nice getting magic and a couple of weapons off you. What did you think of Spec Ops
0: 3? Of course, we now have Spec Ops 4. Yes, with Ghost Rider. The All Hallows Eve, the Ghost Rider one. Another reason I'm furious: I have no power because I'm losing valuable days on Spec Ops 4. Oh
1: my gosh, I didn't um, think of that.
0: Yeah, I know. I haven't been able to play Avengers for like five days, but you know what? There are big, there are bigger problems in the world. But it's it's really cool so far, and now I got a lot out of Spec Ops 3. So hope you guys are all enjoying Spec Ops 4. Tweet us this week and let us know how you're doing.
1: Okay. Very good. Next, we have a tweet from Dirty Lash. He's responding to Hawkeye UK. He says, haven't you watched Toy Story 2? Definitely take them out of the box. Toys need to be played with. I'm guessing he's talking yes. about some Marvel that is, figures.
0: Yeah. That's a response from a previous question where people asked if we should take toys out of the box. And Ryan yeah, and I both emphatically said, yeah, you have, you have to take them
1: out. I take them out. Like I got, I have a um, a Loki figure that I got for Christmas last year. And I was really torn. Do I leave him in, out? He's out and on my mantle as we speak, and he's awesome.
0: Yeah, they're meant to be played with and posed, and it's no fun to see a toy in a box. No. Get those toys
1: out. Okay. Next, we have another tweet from Dirty Lash. I was wondering if you could do a bonus for. Uh, Twimomaniacs subscribing to Marvel DCU Maybe a Blake Garris figure. There should never be a Blake Garris figure.
0: Yeah, Carrie's answer is no. correct. The only Blake Garris figure is the one. Blake and I have our own figures of each other. No, you don't. That's, that's something sacred. Well, we don't show them to you because you'd ruin them. As far as MDCU stuff, you know, well, well, it'd be cool to get some for Twimomaniacs, but I obviously don't want to commit to getting you guys stuff because that's really not our responsibility. But, you know... You never know. Keep listening. We'll we'll try to keep providing special stuff for you guys as best we can.
1: Yay! Okay, and our final one from Dirty Lash at Benjay Morse. I want to thank. Mm. Okay, (laughs) I want to thank this week in Marvel for a year of amazing podcasts and for all the comic buds I have on Twitter because of you.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Dirty Lash, one of our most dedicated listeners from all the way across the pond. Thanks everyone for listening. I, I didn't really get a chance last week. I just say thank you, guys, for keeping us going. I can't believe we've done this for a year and never missed a week. I was actually that was one of the things I was I was really worried we were going to miss this week, and we may still. But hopefully, we brought it all together. It's really important to keep this podcast going. It's been so much fun for everyone who's worked on it, and we really appreciate how much you guys have supported us and gotten excited. And again, you yeah, know, we thank you so much and. Are doing this podcast it is a total pleasure, and, and it's a labor of love, to be
1: sure. Oh, very nice. Next, we have a tweet from Dr. Spidey. He says, great job with AR for your story in Marvel Point One. Exactly the special features I enjoy. No wonder you guys won an award. Props. We got props.
0: We did. We won an award for Marvel AR. Mm-hmm. And as always, whenever Marvel AR is mentioned, I like to give a shout-out to Judy Stevens, mm-hmm. who is working ridiculous hours to make Marvel AR work I know our own video team has helped out the editors help out but Judy above and beyond does amazing stuff so if you guys want to say thanks for anything Marvel AR related you can use Twitter at OMG underscore DJ underscore Judy and I'm sure she would be grateful to hear from you as her head continues to spin from the all the AR she's making but she does an awesome job
1: okay awesome Next, we have a tweet from Dan Bocchicchio. Dan Bocicchio. Bocicchio, of DJ, DJ Bocicchio, yeah. Yeah, all right. So first, he says, I hate PvP armory slots. They need to be upgradable. When I first started and didn't know the game, I slotted frag grenades.
0: What are you talking mm. about?
1: I don't understand. I'm talking about Avengers Alliance, Carrie. I know, it's I a, know.
0: It's a, it's, a, it's a valid concern. I don't know if there's any... I don't know, I think you can swap stuff out in Armory. I've definitely done it. So I would at least give it a shot, Dan, because I, I have the same way I had all frag grenades, grenades and stuff, and I swapped those out for better weapons recently. So I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about, but if it is, just just try subbing them and it should work.
1: Okay, another one from DJ, Bo- I can't pronounce his name. I am so sorry. Just
0: it, Bochicchio.
1: I, okay, that's fine. He says, goodbye X-Men, sniffle. If losing means no uncanny X-Men, then you lost, Scott, until Cyclops leads the Thunderbolts, dot, dot, dot.
0: Interesting idea, Cyclops leading the Thunderbolts, now that he is kind of a quasi-bad guy. Uh, He is a bad guy, period. There, I said it. Shades of gray, Carrie. Nope. Shades of gray. I don't like Cyclops. You don't have to like him, but I mean, he, he has a greater just talking about earlier with Ultimate Comics X and how there's, you know, everyone's trying to do the for the greater good and all this. He got the mutant race back. Sure, he had to, you know, kill his father figure <laughs> to do
1: it, but still. I never cared for know. the man since I was a child. Never liked. Wow. Him. All right. I don't know what to say to you. Okay.
0: But you know, that's your opinion. You're entitled to it. We do have big plans for the Thunderbolts coming up in Marvel now. Oh, I'm so excited for think?
1: Thunderbolts! Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. It'd be very interested to see Cyclops interact. With <laughs> Who knows? Anything's possible in Marvel now. <gasps> That'd be cool. Anyway. I hate okay. that bug helmet.
1: I hate that helmet. Okay. From Hawkeye UK, started playing Avengers Alliance and a Quicksilver and Ms. Marvel at the moment, but saving up for Hercules.
0: Good move, man. Hercules is awesome. I have, as my PvP team, Hercules and Scarlet Witch. I rarely lose back when I used to have electricity back in the good old days.
1: Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago. Oh, man.
0: The, that golden
1: age. Oh. Okay, another one from Hawkeye UK. Who's stronger, Hercules or Thor? Hmm.
0: I think Thor is. Thor. You know, these are the types of questions that usually be like, oh, you know, it depends on the no, situation, yada, Thor. yada, yada. I think Thor is pretty demon I love Hercules, and I think Hercules doesn't necessarily lose every fight to Thor. I think he can find ways to win. You know, mm. he's a scrapper, and he's very... Clever at times. Yes. But I think in terms of pure strength, yeah, close. Thor doesn't blow him out of the water, but I think Thor comes out of it. I hay.
1: think so. I agree. That's, Don't forget, that's, Thor that's, that's is in like, charge of the me. elements. Don't forget that. That has
0: nothing to do with strength. I mean, it's cool. Let's move on.
1: Let's move on. The answer Thor, Hawkeye UK. Yeah. There. Another question from Hawkeye UK. After playing Avengers Alliance, I'm interested to learn more about Hercules. Any recommendations for good comics?
0: Absolutely. Read the entire run of Incredible Hercules, one of the most entertaining comics in recent years by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente. Started around the time of World War Hulk and then ran for a couple years, then went into Chaos War and became Herc. So Incredible Hercules, Chaos War, and Herc. You should be able to find all of those on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited mm-hmm. on the Marvel Comics app and at the Marvel Digital Comics shop on Marvel.com. And, of course, in print as well. But awesome comics. A lot to learn about Hercules. And as Carrie would say, just read, you know... What? The old mythology books.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway. But you should yeah. read those. I love Greek myths, actually. I, I did. I, I was, was well. a huge Greek myth nerd growing what up. What was the big Greek myth post Like
0: Diarelli's or something? What? But, uh, there's some book that when you're a kid at all the Greek myths was beautifully illustrated. It was like it was like D. or something. It sounded Italian, but it was Maybe. Greek. I don't, I don't know. know. Find mm-hmm. it. Find it, kids. All right. Read it. Probably not a prince probably not a princess the Good luck.
1: Anyway, from Hawkeye UK. I can't believe I have to wait until twenty fifteen for Ant Man. Can't you guys pull it forward? I'm sure Blake has some pull in Marvel. First of all, you should not insinuate that Blake has any more power than he does, because that'll just no. destroy our working relationship. It would be terrible.
0: Yeah, the great working relationship you guys have. Ant-Man is on track for 2015. Trust me, it's going to be worth the wait. It requires a lot of special effects and a lot of hard work. To release it sooner would be to release an inferior version, and you wouldn't want to see that. So Exactly, tight. You're going to have an awesome Ant-Man movie in a few years. Awesome.
1: Again, from Hawkeye UK, I second that I didn't even use Twitter until the podcast. It's the only reason I have it. Wow. Oh,
0: that's cool. Very cool. I hope you're enjoying it. All
1: right, from Lex Pendragon, Namor's Battlecry, how are you supposed to say that, Ben? Imperious Rex. Oh. It's just how it's spelled, I think.
0: Unless there's a hidden final letter in there or something. Yeah, you just say Imperious Rex.
1: Oh.
0: There you go. Good luck with it. I don't know what you're going to use it for. I <laughs> Who knows? You just Ooh. yell it running down the street.
1: <laughs> At Ref Gemlin, certainly what my Hulk animated appetite after announcing the amazing voice actors in This weekend Marvel 51. Can't wait. I'm excited for that, too.
0: But Hulk Agents of Smash? It's going to be pretty
1: crazy. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. Well, I love any of our Marvel animated movie videos and whatever they're called. I don't know. Marvel Cartoons, animations. Cartoons, projects, Marvel Cartoons. animations. I love them, and that one does look awesome, so I agree with you, Ralph Gemlin. Yeah. From Lex Pendragon, Blake Yarris sounds more British when he tried to impersonate Stromy with, than his usual Australian thing. Blake has an Australian thing?
0: No, Blake tries to do a British accent, and it sounds Australian. Ah. Uh, but that's what he's saying. He's saying his Stromy accent is closer to a British accent than his actual quote-unquote British accent, which in a weird way makes sense because... You know, Blake, if he tries to go left, he'll go right. Of course. if he does something completely unrelated, that's that's when he'll actually hit the target.
1: Okay. And just to round up this podcast with another discussion of Britishisms and Australianisms, this is a tweet from Rev Gemlin to Agent M. Why is your impression of a brick go Australian in this week in Marvel fifty one? Shrimp on the Barbie isn't British. That's not just an yeah. impression on this week in Marvel fifty one. That's his British no. impression every time he does a British impression.
0: Yeah, Ryan has a very limited arsenal. Number one, God bless him. He tries his best. He has a very limited arsenal of phrases and sayings from around the world. He just slowly alters his voice, and that becomes it. But it's like he starts off well-meaning, but it always devolves into the same few expressions. So he'll always say shrimp on the barbie. He'll always say governor. Even if he's doing Australian, yeah, it's all a mishmash. Yeah, it's so kind of an all-purpose accent.
1: If he does a German impression, they're still going to say shrimp on the Barbie.
0: It's true. That's just the it's way true. it is. We'll, with Ryan. we'll see if he comes back from his transcontinental trip with a more of a well-rounded accent. But I would not. Do
1: you think he said breath. that to um, Hugh Jackman?
0: No, definitely not. I think he knows better. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness anyway so yeah that rounds up our questions for this week if we didn't get right. to you we are sorry we will try to get to as many of you again next week
0: Don't again guys this was, this was obviously an abbreviated version a very unique version of this week in Marvel but keep if we didn't answer something this week send it again next week we'll be back in full capacity knock on wood mm. next week thank you very much for listening thank you Carrie so much for all the work you did stepping in here and thank you whoever had the pleasure of editing this delight we are so Uh, sorry as as always thankful to you guys for listening and as always this is
1: Marvel your universe